Well, Kristen, it's the end of August. Wow. Summer, summer is behind us. That I was it. I can't believe it. What do you, how, did you, how did you like this past summer? What did, what did you think of it? You know, I thought there were some definite high moments. Um, Guardians remember? of the Galaxy. Oh, come on. No. Fault in our high. stars. I'm just high crying mo- thinking oh, about it. High just, moment. Oh, it was so freaking good. We both loved Boyhood. Yeah, that was, yeah, an odd summer release, and that was great. We loved that. I, you know, I liked Planet of the Apes. I did not like you Planet did not, of the Apes. I know, you didn't like Planet of the Apes, but I really liked Planet of the Apes. And Sharknado 2. Sharknado. Let's not forget about the very important Sharknado 2. I just feel like maybe you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> to say that Sharknado 2 was a high point of the summer. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I felt that this summer was kind of okay, but not any great shakes. But you're probably thinking it's going to be great this fall, right? Ah, the fall. I think we could be looking at some good stuff coming up for the fall, Kristen. There's a lot that I'm looking forward to this fall. Me too. Me too. I think there are going to be some good movies, some good major, big, big budget Hollywood stuff. I think there are going to be some great indie movies. That's what I love about the fall is you get that great mix where everyone is striving for some kind of quality in their different ways, in their Hollywood way, in their arty indie way. And I love it when all that comes together in the fall. Wow. On that note, we're going to dedicate today's podcast to fall movies. It's the Movie Dates Fall Movie Preview. But before that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And this is Movie Date. Right, Rafer. Let's go through our list. Unfortunately, we couldn't do a top 50 for each of us because that would take hours and hours and hours. But we can do a top five each. So the first movie I'm looking forward to this fall is Gone Girl, which comes out on October 3rd. It's about the disappearance of a woman, where she's gone, whether her husband is responsible, and how things sometimes appear very different to the outside world than they are on the inside of a relationship. Here's a clip. Nick Dunn. You're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. Now, anyone who's visited our Facebook page, that, of course, is facebook.com slash podcast has probably already seen the trailer, and you may have also read the comment from our listener, Edwin, who says he's looking forward to the movie, but he probably wants to read the book first. Aha. Are you in favor of doing that or not? Now, that's interesting. Um, I read the book first. I was sort of an early adopter on this book because my wife uh, had, had gotten onto it. She was, she's a fan of the author, Gillian Flynn, and had read her first book and was really excited to read Gone Girl. I, did, I had no idea about the book, about the author, anything, and so she gave it to me. I don't read any contemporary fiction. I usually hate all contemporary fiction. I know that's mm. not the right thing to say. On no, a, that's bad. On to a public, a public radio, radio podcast, yeah. <laughs> but it's the truth. And um, this was one of the few pieces of like current hardback, new novel, uh, contemporary fiction pieces that I've read in, God, years, and I just loved it. Oh, I, thought I it loved was it, too. So it was fun, breezy, well-written. It was, it was pop in all the right ways. It was like a, the whole thing was like, a, like an Elvis Costello song as a mystery. And I, and I just and I thought it was just fun and funny and really enjoyable. And I loved it. And I was really and I remember when I shut the book, I thought, 
when's the movie coming out? I know the rights have already been sold. I don't even have to read the trades oh, to know yes. that. When's the movie coming yeah. out? Reese Witherspoon bought the rights up right away, right after reading them. So she's one of the main producers on the movie. And um, like you, I also read the book. I, I was holding out. I was flip-flopping back and forth like, will I read the book? Will I not? I've read other Gillian Flynn books. I think she's great. And then in the end, I was like, I just got to do it. I'm going to yeah. read this book. But Edwin, our wonderful listener, Edwin, should you read the book too? I don't know. Sometimes when you read the book before the movie, the it, movie suffers. In this case, no. <laughs> in this case, don't read it because it's going gonna, it's gonna to spoil the entire plot. And the whole point of the book is what's happening. Where is this going? What, what has happened? What is happening? What's going to happen next? And I think if and, you know, if you know the answer, it's not going to be any fun at all. I'm really looking forward to it. Ben Affleck, I think, is a great person to cast in the lead role. And Ro- Rosamund Pike, who I just love her. She's I, playing the wife. I it, love her so it much. It could not be a better cast. And it's David Fincher directing. Oh, it's it's going to be you, so good. Yeah. This is, this, is probably, this is probably one of the movies I'm looking forward to the most for the, for the entire fall. Yes. Excellent. What else are you looking forward to, Rafer? Okay. Uh, uh, coming out fairly soon uh, in September on the 12th is The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to that, too. That looks so good. This looks really interesting to me, I think, because it's got a, a great Hollywood cast, Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy. Um, I, don't, I don't know much about the plot. They're basically playing um, a married couple, and they're falling apart. And that's about all I know, and I think that's about all anyone really knows of the nitty-gritty of the story. Uh, What's interesting here is that it is essentially three movies. Uh, The first is told from her viewpoint, the second is told from his viewpoint, and the third is told through both their viewpoints. So the director uh, and the writer, um, Ned Benson, this is his first feature film, and I feel like that's a pretty gutsy move to basically... On your on your first time out in a feature to make three simultaneous features yeah. with this great cast, I think it sounds great. I think you're obviously going to have to be a real hardcore moviegoer to like really sit through all whatever it is six or five hours of this thing. But I'm in. I think it sounds interesting. Here's a clip. Maybe she wants you to go after her. No, she doesn't. Wait a couple of days and go after her. Go. I need to try some other version of myself. so looking forward to this and yeah. um again you can see this trailer on our facebook page we've had that up there for a few weeks now i'm i'm really fascinated i have no idea what this is about but i just love the cast yeah and i i just think taking such a risk in a movie to see a movie that's taking so many risks i think is interesting yeah so i'm looking forward to that all right you go next Kristen. all right so the next movie i'm really looking forward to is the theory of everything now this is about yes. stephen hawking the amazing what is he, theoretical physicist, uh, astrophysicist, you know, the greatest living mind ever? I can't even... I he can't understands even, the stars. That's right. He knows how everything works. And He's so intelligent, we can't even describe what he does. <laughs> so he's so brilliant, and his brain works so beyond the level of his body, because his body started to deteriorate back when he was a student still. Yes. And his brain continued to just explode and go to places the rest of us, our brains haven't gone. And that dichotomy between what's happening with his body in a wheelchair, not functioning, not talking in the way that he would want it to, and his brain just going to great heights, that's what we know mostly about him. But he also had a love story. He fell in love when he was a student. And his first wife and him, their story is told in The Theory of Everything. Here's a clip. Hello. Hello. 
Science. Arts. I'm a cosmologist. What's that? I study the marriage of space and time. What if I reverse time to see what happened at the beginning of time itself? Wind back the clock. And that's two terrific actors there. Eddie Redmayne uh, as Stephen Hawking and Felicity, Felicity Jones. Jones, who we just love. We've talked about Felicity Jones on the podcast. Boy, before. do I love me some Felicity Jones. <laughs> and Eddie she Redmayne. I, you know, I, they, and the, the trailers uh, for this, they both look just so charming and so wonderful. 60s and British yes, and yes. adorable. And Eddie Redmayne, I think, has been really underused. Um, he's been in a couple of dud movies, um, including My Week with Marilyn, which I thought was um, uh, yeah. just not, not a good movie. And it really just did not it – was a, it, was a, it was a lousy role for him, even though he was essentially the star. It was kind of a lousy role. You couldn't really do much with it. But this looks – Really good, and he looks really good in it. So that's one reason I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. I hope. I hope it's great. We hope. We hope. That's out on November 7th. Okay, my next one. um, Kristen, you might think this is a little odd. This one's also coming out fairly soon. It's on uh, September 26th. Um, Even though I always say that I don't like biopics, here's one I'm looking forward to. Jimmy, All Is By My Side. It's the biopic of Jimi Hendrix. Oh, and yes. That's right. How are you looking forward to this? I'll give you a couple reasons why. Um, first of all, it does what you and I are always screaming at biopics to do more of, which is to just take focus. a slice just of the focus. person's life. And it takes a slice of um, Hendrix's life right before he does the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967. Here's the other reason I'm looking forward to it. Um, Andre Benjamin, Andre 3000, is playing <gasps> Jimi Hendrix. Oh, I love Andre 3000. I've, I've I was seen... just talking about him this morning. You were, you were just, I know, I remember that. I, I kind of held my tongue because I knew that we, I knew that we were going to talk more about him, but I remember you mentioned him out of the blue. Um, you know, I've seen some trailers. He looks pretty good. Here's a clip. Are you nervous? No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. You excited? It's still crazy to me. Like, all these acts going to be on stage. He's Simon and Garfunkel. Otis Reddy. Just Joplin. Come and on, you? man. Yeah. <laughs> can you believe that? Yes, I can. Mm. And I just love that they're going to focus on something. Exactly. Oh, gosh. I get so tired of I was born a poor black boy and I died, you know, <laughs> bumping a bunch of lines with some prostitutes. I'm so tired of that story. I want. I just want a little snippet of your life that tells me who you are. Are you talking about? Are you talking about Walk the Line? Or are you talking about The Jerk with Steve Martin? <laughs> <laughs> or a combination of the two? I guess they're both they're biopics. Like Eight hundred <laughs> movies that that is the plot. That's almost every biopic we review. Right. That, I know. That's pretty much the plot of everything. I know. Last thing I'll say about uh, the Jimi Hendrix movie is um, that the director is John Ridley, who won the Oscar for the screenplay for Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, gosh. So, we loved that. Yeah. And so some good things to recommend that one. So great. All right. So the next movie I am looking forward to is The Interview. Ah, uh, yes. Now, if you're a North Korean, you're going to say this movie is an act of war. Yeah. Uh, because the plot of the movie essentially is we have Seth Rogen. We have James Franco. Together again. Together again, being those wacky guys that they are. Yep. They're going to uh, go and do an interview in North Korea, Kim Jong-un, but they are actually asked by the government, by the U.S. government, not just to go there and do their showbiz thing, but to assassinate Kim Jong-un <laughs> while they're there. Here is a clip. You are entering into the most dangerous country on Earth. Kim Jong-un's people believe anything he tells them. 
including that he can speak to dolphins or he doesn't urinate and defecate. Oh, oh, oh. You tell me my man doesn't pee or poop? Everybody pees and poops. Where would he go otherwise he'd explode? But he does talk to dolphins. <sighs> I'm laughing, but that's not funny. Not- assassinate. There's nothing funny about assassinating anyone. No. Now this movie comes out on Christmas, and I yeah, th- Christmas Day. That's that is, I think, a big show of faith from the studio. There, they want they want they want this movie to be a talker. Christmas Day is like a high profile release day. It already is a big talker, and you know, a couple of weeks ago when we interviewed James Franco, um, one thing I had to cut out of the interview that we aired was I asked him about the interview, yes. and he shut me down immediately and said, "I can't talk about that." Is that right? And I was wondering, did did John Kerry tell you not to talk about that? <laughs> did who told you not to talk about that? I'm so curious of who said you cannot talk about it. And I tried to do a follow up question. He's like, no, we cannot talk about this. That is it. Interesting. Yeah. So. Oh, he just wanted to save all that for the junket when the interview comes around. <laughs> That's all. There's no state. There's no state secret there. No. Although, although you know, it's funny. You were saying that <laughs> North Korea has said that they will consider the release of this film an act of war. Um, and I was thinking that's probably not going to happen. But if it does, and if the interview actually does trigger like a global nuclear holocaust, people like James Franco so much they probably would be okay with that. Oh, They'd probably well. just say like, "Oh, I know," but James Franco is still totally cool. <laughs> we like James Franco. I know all American coastal cities are gone, but we love James Franco. He's he's so creative. He's so creative. Look at those wacky things he does. <laughs> he doesn't just like paint and direct and act. He also starts wars. He, also he does everything. Starts, he also starts the Fourth World War. <laughs> There's nothing he can't do. Third World War. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, well, let's just hope that Christmas Day passes without without event. Hopefully, yes. Coming up, the second half of our fall movie preview, including some singing and some thoughts on life in outer space. Stay with us. All right. Switching gears slightly for my next pick. Uh, This comes out in October, October 10th. I've chosen Whiplash. Um, this is the movie that you and I have talked about a little while ago. We had Ann Thompson, uh, veteran film critic Ann Thompson, was on the show. She talked to us about Sundance, where Whiplash uh, made a splash. This is the one with Miles Teller mm. playing the jazz musician. Yes. And J.K. Simmons, the great J.K. Simmons, plays his uh, brutal, intense, demanding, perfectionist uh, teacher, mentor. And I think, uh, I'm not sure if they are literally the only two people in the cast, but it's basically a two-hander, this movie. It's just the two of them sort of, you know, coming to uh, coming to grips with each other over the symbols. And uh, I think it looks really interesting. It's gotten a huge amount of buzz. Here's a clip. Five, six, seven. Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. You're rushing. Here we go. Uh, ready? Okay. Five, six, and. Dragging just a hair. So, as we said uh, a while back, somebody came up with the uh, tagline Black Swan at Juilliard. <laughs> for this uh, for this movie, but I think you know both these actors are great. Um, people say that Miles Teller is just amazing in it. Uh, he's always great, though. I, he is. He's. I he's never wonderful. don't love Miles Teller. I, I always think he's fantastic. I know. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. In, you know, small indie movie. You know, Sundance favorite. Uh, I love it. I'm I'm already in.
All right. So the next movie I'm looking forward to. Again, I read the book before the movie. Uh oh. Don't know if this is a good idea, but I totally enjoyed the book. This is where I leave you. Ah, uh, yes. Giant ensemble comedy takes place uh, during the death of one of the family members. The patriarch of the family dies. Everybody gathers to sit Shiva for a week. And what happens when this family of misfits gets together? Now, you know that I don't really like the holiday get-together dysfunctional family yeah, movies. Yeah, I know. So far, I'm very surprised yes. by what you're saying so here. I, I normally hate those movies. But I loved this book so much and the wacky characters in the book. And the the cast in this movie is so great. We have as the matriarch of the family who's just a little bit too sexy, Jane Fonda. Ah, uh, yes. And we have as the one son whose marriage is on the rocks, Jason Bateman playing him. Oh, okay. We have kind of the bossy know-it-all sister being played by Tina Fey. We have Adam Driver, who we love and who we've talked a lot oh, about yeah. on the podcast, who's kind of the... Uh, the sexy brother, we'll put it that way. Okay. The, the guy who gets every girl he wants to. Okay. And we have just this great cast of people. Connie Britton also is in the movie. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that this has the potential to be really funny because I love all the actors and I love the book so much. Or I could be wrong and it could be completely terrible because I love the book so much. And sometimes adapting a book, I don't even know. Anywho, this comes out on September 19th. Here's a clip. Your father had one final request, and we are going to honor it. He just wanted his kids under one roof. So for the next seven days, you are all grounded. Hey. What? Oh, no, 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 no. No, we're just sitting in an awkward silence. Now, Kristen, tell me again why Jane Fonda was cast in this role. Oh, I love this story because in the book, they actually are constantly talking about how sexy mom is and doing aerobics. And oh, she's like a sexier Jane Fonda is how she's described in the book. <laughs> aerobics. So, so, so when they actually announced the cast of this movie, I was just laughing. I thought, that is brilliant. That is and, pretty funny. And when Jonathan Tropper wrote this book, did he think this is going to be made into a right. movie and Jane Fonda <laughs> will be cast in this role? Or was that just a fun surprise? I just love that little right. detail. Right. Okay. All right. Well, now you got me looking forward to that one too. And also it was shot in Long Island. That's so. your stomping grounds. That's my stomping grounds. Yes. All right. My next pick, Kristen, I know you're going to roll your eyes the minute I say the title. Interstellar. Oh, my God. The new Christopher Nolan movie. You know I love me some you Nolan. You do love some Nolan. You love that Christopher Nolan. And you don't really. Sometimes I do, but sometimes I feel that rather than trying to tell a story, he's trying to play a trick on me. Yeah, he probably is. But <laughs> I like some, that. And sometimes I just want a really great story, and there can be twists and turns, but stop trying to trick me. Okay. Interstellar, uh, the, the plot is being, the, the, the nitty gritty of the plot is being kept under wraps. That's a, that's a Christopher Nolan trademark right there. Mm -hmm. keep, it all, keep it all very secret until the big reveal finally comes around. Uh, but we do know that it stars Matthew McConaughey. He's an uh, engineer, I think. Um, and uh, the movie itself was inspired by the, uh, the theories of Kip Thorne, uh, a ph another physicist, actually. And so you know, a, lot, a lot of talk about wormholes, space travel, maybe time travel in here. I, uh, what, we, what we're seeing from the trailers is uh, the idea that perhaps mankind is going to leave planet Earth and go elsewhere uh, and perhaps colonize another planet or somehow go off to live someplace besides Earth. Here's a clip. Or perhaps we've just forgotten that we are still pioneers. That we've barely begun, and that our greatest accomplishments cannot be behind us, because our destiny lies above us. Hmm. 
Now, Kristen, I want to run something by you here. I need to run something by you, as since you're the other, you're, you're the you're the other main female in my life these days. My wife thinks that I'm kind of like borderline kook, like so, like I'm like I'm sort of entering some kind of fringe element when I say this. But I actually believe that we are going to leave Earth and colonize another planet at some point. Do you not think that? Hold on. <laughs> Well, there's my answer. Am I talking to Dennis Kucinich right now? <laughs> Senator Kucinich. Excuse me. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Good times. Good times. Do you think do you do you feel do you feel that I'm just completely off my rocker? You know, it's totally possible. One Thank never you. knows these things. Do you remember back in the day where we never would have imagined we would do things like send a fax and then we did right and then you know sail to america on a boat for god's sake yeah all sorts of things eat meat after a week (laughs) because we have this thing called a refrigerator now we've got the refrigerator i'm telling you it's going to happen and i feel like i'm i i'm glad to see that christopher nolan is taking this movie on because it tells me that i'm not the only person thinking these idiotic thoughts i just think bad things can happen in space though well i i i don't want to go i'm just no. saying that it's probably going to happen i mean didn't we learn anything from that movie with sandra bullock bad things can happen in space <laughs> exactly. i just i think they really have to work hard to, to develop there's that no oxygen well. out there yeah very problematic anyway, so many potential issues i'm looking forward to this movie i think it's going to be very exciting sometimes i really like his stuff sometimes it drives me nuts. I know. We'll, we'll see what this does for me. I know. All right. So the next movie I'm really looking forward to, and I hope you are too, because I'm going to force you to sing with me the week it comes out. Oh, no. December 19th, Annie. Uh, I kind of am looking forward oh, to this. Oh, good. Then we can sing a lot. Can we sing right now? No. It's a hard knock life for us. <laughs> it's a hard knock life for us. Instead of treated, we get kicked. That's all I can remember. It's a hard knock life. You know, one of the producers is Jay-Z on this. That's right, of course. So is Will Smith. And the cast is great. Quavenzene Wallace, who you loved in Beasts of the Southern Wild. Indeed, and she looks like, again, just judging from the trailers, she looks pretty good in this. Yeah, Jamie Foxx and Rose Byrne. I just love Rose Byrne. Oh, yeah, Rose Byrne. I I just think she's delightful. And Cameron Diaz playing the mean orphanage head. She's so mean. (laughs) But she looks like she has the right balance between funny and mean. And here's a clip. They're coming to inspect. You gotta clean this whole place up. Aren't they supposed to give notice? Aren't I supposed to be married to George Clooney? Who's George Clooney? Exactly, girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> no breakfast till this place is spotless. Yes, Miss Hennigan. I'm just so excited for this. What's the what's the uh, the Jamie Foxx's character's name? His name is William Stacks. Stacks, that's yes, right. Stacks. <laughs> He's a wealthy politician. Rather than Daddy Warbucks, you know, just Stacks. It's good. I love it. It's I love it. It's gonna be great. Yes. I, yeah. No, I think I think that could actually I think that could actually be a lot of fun. The, the trailers look really look like they've got a really ener- a real good energy to them. Oh yeah, I'm excited for this, and um, I will full confession admit, I have seen Annie on Broadway more than once. And cry every time. Wow, more than once. Yeah, I I sob when I watch Annie, and Aww. and and the movie from the eighties that that was cute too. Oh but, sure, yeah. But I think this is going to be Tim a Curry. different machine. This is going to be you know more modern, more snappy. And yeah. I think I think this is going to be a really fun movie. Yeah. All right. I yeah. I'm 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 with you on that one. Okay. Uh, my last pick, Foxcatcher. 
Do you know this movie? I don't think I do, Rafer. This movie's been um, kind of languishing a little bit. Uh, that might not be the right word. It's gotten kind of pushed back a little bit in the release schedule. And for a while, I was thinking that perhaps it was kind of struggling to find find a date. Um, and now it's going to be uh, November 14th. It's the movie with Steve Carell, Channing Tatum, Mark Ruffalo. Great cast. Great... Oh, I know this movie. Yeah, it's the yes. one about the real-life case of uh, yet a, one of the crazy DuPont uh, family people. Oh, it's... those nutty DuPonts. And, uh, and a couple of wrestlers. Uh, Tatum and uh, Ruffalo play a couple of wrestlers. And Steve Carell plays uh, the DuPont character, the essentially the villain. And he's got a, a prosthetic nose, which apparently drastically alters his face. And uh, what people are saying, uh, it, it premiered at Cannes, what people are saying is that it's an extraordinary uh, performance from him, and he's unrecognizable, and it's a completely different role that he's, that he's ever played. Here's a clip. Do you have any idea why I asked you to come here today? No. No. Well, Mark, do you, do you have any idea who I am? No. no. Well, I'm a, I'm a wrestling coach. And I have a deep love, the sport of wrestling. And I wanted to speak with you about your future, about what you hope to achieve. So I think this sounds really interesting. And the other thing that recommends this movie to me is the director, Bennett Miller, who did um, Capote and who did Moneyball. And oh, it just sounds uh, it just sounds really interesting to me. This the, the, the story of uh, of John du- of John DuPont and this kind of um, again, I don't want to spoil too much and, and delve too deeply into the case because I feel like that's kind of part of the plot of the whole thing. But um, it was a really bizarre case. and I'm really intrigued to see that someone has made a movie about it. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of great picks there. Ten movies. We'll review those in the coming weeks and months. And Indeed we will. Hopefully the fact that we picked them out um, won't come back to kick us in the butt later. And <laughs> hopefully <laughs> they'll so all too. be wonderful movies. They'll be wonderful, right? They'll of all course. Be great. Well, and, and, you know, inevitably we'll have, we'll have completely overlooked the movie that gets the Oscar. Well, we'll see. I think these could be some really good movies. So let's wrap things up as we always do with trivia. What did we ask last week, Rafer? Last week we were talking about sports movies because we'd been discussing uh, when the game stands tall. Oh, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now. It was, uh, you know, I I agree with you. But uh, that was the high school sports movie about uh, De La Salle High School in Concord. uh, 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 All-boys school, and so it was an all-boys team, obviously. And Kristen brought up the point that, you know, most sports movies involve men. A few involve women. But she did find one movie that involves both a co-ed sports movie. We played this clip. Allow me the pleasure of introducing you to Blade. Laser. Blazer. I believe you've met my fitness consigliere, Michelle. We met. Oh, and I almost forgot our last player. Meet Fran Stalinaskovich Davidovitsky. And we asked you to name that movie. And here's the right answer. Hi, this is Dave. I'm from Hastings, New York. I'm 16 years old. My family loves your podcast. And I know the answer to your last trivia question. It's Dodgeball. That was Ben Stiller's line announcing his team. Thanks. 16-year-old Dave from Hastings, New York. We love that your family's listening. Way to go. Awesome work. Now, for this week's trivia question, we're going to be talking about books 
that inspired movies. So a few of the movies we discussed this week in our fall movie preview, a few of these movies are based on books, but there are lots of movies that are based on books. Maybe like half of all movies. Who knows yeah. how many? <laughs> so many movies are based on books. But some of those movies are based on books and we don't even realize it. Right. Here is a movie that is very beloved to me, very popular in the American uh, canon of comedy movies. Yes. And yet most people don't realize it's based on a book. You know, some parents, when they're angry, they get along much better when they don't live together. And sometimes they get back together. And sometimes they don't, dear. And if they don't, don't blame yourself. Just because they don't love each other anymore doesn't mean that they don't love you. If you know what that movie is, visit us at facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast and tell us. Or you can always call us at 5717movies. All my love to you, Puppet. You're going to be all right. Bye-bye.